You're listening to the Coach T Podcast, hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas. Appreciate all the love. We're into season three. Who would have thunk it? I think everybody started developing hobbies uh, during the whole COVID thing. Mine became podcasting and doing a little running on the side. And I have a great, great guest for you. One of my good friends, one of the best officials in the state, Mr. Tyler Dotson. Tyler, how are you doing today? Isaiah, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you on. Uh, You know, in the beginning of these, we always talk about where we met. And Tyler and I, it's hard. You you meet so many people. But Tyler and I actually started officiating together in either a My Way or New Way event back in, I don't know, 15 years ago. That's how old we're getting. We're getting really old. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, back when I was in my officiating days, because I actually, I started off as a freestyle official. And then about four years in, I did both with freestyle and then was doing folk style, MHS, MHSAA, and some My Way events. Actually, the first folk style event I ever refereed was a the My Way kickoff at Jensen Fieldhouse. And, and I remember to this day, because my first match ever ref was Ben Matisson, who wrestled at Holt. And it was in between periods, something like that. And I told him something. He kind of waved me off. So I hit him for it on Sportsmanlike. And he's like, no, no, no. I was trying to tell you that that I, I understood what you said. He ends up winning the match. But it was one of the funniest uh, exchanges. And Ben Matisse ended up being a, a three-time All-Stater for Holt and a state champion his senior year. So there's my soapbox. There's my there's my ice, <laughs> my story. You know what? I like that. You know, we all have those memories of, you know, matches early on. Or, you know, you know even you as a coach now, me as an official now that, you know, we can go back, you know, 15 some years and we, we can we can recall the exact moment just like it was yesterday. That's that's one of the great things about being involved in this sport. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So tell us, Tyler, how did you get involved in the sport? Sure. So, um, you know, I'm very fortunate to um, I, well, a little background. I graduated from South Haven in 2005. Um, I was a three-year uh, varsity starter. Um, I was a good wrestler. I was far from a great wrestler, but I made the state tournament, um, you know, um, hundred match winner. Um, my senior year, our team made it to the state semifinals and, um, I always started wrestling in eighth grade. So I was a little bit of a late bloomer there. Uh, both my parents, um, are recovering alcoholics and, um, great parents, love them, great people all around, but um, you know, with that, you know, there's challenges, you know, that family space. So, so I was a little bit of a late bloomer and, um, you know, I, I got into it and I was a good wrestler for having only wrestled a total of uh, five years, but far from great. And so, um, when I got out of high school, I thought about, you know, do I, do I want to wrestle, you know, NAIA D3, um, you know, w- what do I want to do? Where do I see myself doing? And uh, I ended up um, deciding not to wrestle. Um, I looked at, a, looked at a few smaller schools, but I ended up going to Ohio State, which was a lifelong dream for me. And um, I practiced on their club team for about a month, but it just wasn't for me. I, I really wanted a different college experience. Um, so I went to Ohio State, and when I came back, um, you know, I needed something to do in the winter. I needed um, to make some side cash uh, while I finished um, parts of my undergrad up and in grad school. And uh, I got a hold of uh, Pat Conroy, um, who was my dean of students in South Haven. Um, I think Pat's officiated 20 plus state finals. Uh, great friend and mentor of mine. And um, he's like, hey, stripe up, let's go. And um, so Pat brought me in. I got really close with uh, Trent Anderson and John Bishop, two longtime, well-respected officials in the state. 
And um, I think that was back in 2007. And uh, and now I'm here talking to you, Isaiah. <laughs> All comes for a circle. I think you're the first uh, Ohio State uh, enthusiast that I've had on the podcast. I am a Michigan State fan, and I think that we both have a mutual, um, how should I say it, rivalry with the with the Michigan fans out there. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> but I lo- but but um, uh, so. <laughs> This is what happens. You get off track a little bit. So you have these great mentors that that convince you to to go into officiating. And I was just thinking, your time at South Haven, you uh, you were teammates with Dracar Close. Yep, Dracar Close, um, state champion in two thousand five at one hundred and sixty pounds. Cameron Jackson was a two time state champ for South Haven. I think at uh, one seventy one in two thousand seven and two thousand eight. Um, but we had a lot of talent on that South Haven team, and as you know. Um, Dracar's, um, you know, had some big time at- matches uh, with UFC. Yeah. Or, or fights, excuse me. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that's, matches, fights, they're interchangeable, aren't they? Yeah. I, well, Dr- if I remember Dracar close, he, um, so he beat my my good friend, our, our principal at Pinconi, Kyle Woodruff, in, the, I want to say, the semifinals their junior year. And then Kyle beat beat him the next year for uh, to get in the States or to win the state title, if I remember correctly. So, yep, yep you know that. Yes, yeah, I'm a kind of a wrestling historian here. I got it all locked up here in my in my brain. Plus, if I didn't mention that, uh, Kyle might fire me because he is my boss at the at the school. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so throughout your officiating, I mean, you've officiated some big time matches, and you've traveled uh, officiating at New Way and My Way events, and also officiating at the state finals. What is the process of becoming a a state finals official? Sure. You know, that, that that's a really good question, Isaiah. And, you know, I, I break it down just like like most things in life. Um, if you uh, do your homework, you work to get better, you surround yourself with like minded, hardworking and dedicated people. You stay focused. Uh, you're you're will you be willing to pay your dues. You take your lumps and, you know, I don't want to say necessarily you work your way up, but you get better. You work bigger matches. You get hungrier to work bigger matches. You want to work the bigger matches. And, you know, I I think for me personally, my involvement with youth youth wrestling starting back in 2007 was really the the catalyst that that I built upon. Um, I didn't say no to tournaments. Any youth tournament, I was there. Um, You know, the pay wasn't always good. Um, sometimes we had, uh, you know, five hour old, uh, little Caesars pizza for lunch, but I was getting good mat time. I was learning from other officials. I was watching other officials. Um, you know, and after I think four or five years, I joined the, uh, my way Southwest region board of directors. Um, three years after that, I became the Southwest region's head official. And then, uh, three years ago, I became the South my way Southwest region's um, executive director, uh, co-executive director, and I'm still the head official. And so I run our region. I serve as the head official. I, I run all our trainings with our staff, with uh, Brian Kimmon, another state level official over here in Southwest Michigan. Um, and for a couple of years, I was the new way head official as well. Um, so I, I, I try, I've won tournaments in Illinois and New Jersey and Ohio and Pennsylvania. Um, I've officiated I think at, at this point I've officiated in 12 different states and, you know, I just didn't say no to those opportunities early on 
you know, just to, to see different kids, to see high caliber wrestling and, uh, you know, putting in the time there, I got more involved in my association. And, uh, I think this past year, yeah, I officiated my, um, sixth individual state finals. And, um, you know, that, that's always truly the highest honor you can have as a, uh, as a high school official. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's a lot of time. You're in the rule book a lot. You're attending a lot of meetings. You're making a lot of phone calls to other officials. And Isaiah, just like, uh, you know, you as a coach and a wrestler in the practice room, you get out what you put in. And um, it's, it was hard work, dedication, and, and passion, you know, that allowed some of these opportunities for me. I, I appreciate that, and that you saying that, the, the hard work. And, and I think from, from the outside, I think people think the officials just put their straps on, blow the whistle, uh, do their job for six hours and go home. But to be truly good at what you at what you're doing, you have to work at it. You have to watch match mechanics, and and I think it's one of those things that if you're not getting that exposure, that mat time, just like we talked about with our athletes and and having those conferences or clinics with other officials talking about mechanics, you're not going to get any better. You're going to stay the same. No, you you nailed it, and, and that's what it's all about. You know, in this sport, and I would arguably say in life, if you're not working to improve, you're not working to get better, if you get complacent, then what are you doing? Get out of it. You know, I'm always learning. I'm always talking to other officials. I'm looking at, uh, you know, tapes of calls that I've made that other officials have made. What would I do differently? What can I do better? How do I get better? And um, it's a lot of nickel and diming. Um, you know, I am not perfect mistakes. Um, and you know, and I, I try to own up to them when I do, but you know, we see, we see mistake mistakes from officials, you know, at the highest level of, of all sports and we see mistakes from coaches and, uh, and, and athletes, you know, it's part of sports that it, what it's what makes sports great. But I'd say most, especially our sport where, um, you know, at least from the athlete's perspective, the official, maybe the coaches, you know, we can make direct influence, you know, uh, on the outcome of things. And, you know, my job, you know, my job in the stripes is to put the fairest match out there and make sure the right guy wins. Right. Right. So what do you see as uh, some things that younger officials, first of all, I mean, I know that through the MHSA, they have what's called a legacy program. Could you kind of go into detail about how that works? Yeah. So the legacy program gives an opportunity for uh, high school junior and seniors to uh, essentially pair up with a registered MHSA official and do sub varsity matches. Um, I, I think it's a good program, but one of the things is, is when you overlap the middle school season with the end of the high school season, well, the, these, these top caliber athletes are pushing for the podium, right? Um, right. And so it's really hard to get them involved like that, at least, at least in my neck of the woods here in Southwest Michigan. But this is why I've used my way as really my training ground, um, trying to bring new MHSA officials, you know, into the ranks because I can, I can protect them there. You know, I have uh, more authority there, you know, versus the, uh, the guidelines and the policies of the MHSA with my way. We're a developmental league. We're developing athletes, officials, coaches, administrators, right? And so um, I can be, I can help direct these younger officials a little bit more. So I truly use that as my training ground. And right now I'm averaging putting maybe one and a half to two guys into the MHSA ranks, you know, every year. Um, but I'll tell you, is that one of the key things is, is getting guys to stick around. 
you know, because we're talking about um, young men. Um, they're either in college or they're in the trades. Um, they're looking to start families and, you know, they're moving around, you know, they're finding themselves and, you know, sometimes their schedules don't line up to be able to officiate anymore. Um, but we put um, some, some good talent out there in our part of the state and we hope to continue to do so. Yeah, I mean, the, pumping the talent is important and, and keeping the talent. I think the, the average official, uh, which now you've, you've passed that by more than a lot of years, is about five years, really. Um, most, most of the, I remember just from my standpoint, most of the officials come in from 18 and they leave about 23, 24, depending on what's happening in their life. Or they deal with what I would say is kind of the attack of coaches and um, parents and things like that, dealing with those negative interactions. In your opinion, what can a coach do to ask questions without essentially getting uh, coaches' misconduct and being thrown out of the tournament? That's a great question, Isaiah. So I'm, I'm going to take it a step back, though. Um, and I'm a firm believer in developing positive and sustainable relationships. And I believe that in life. It's kind of a mantra. It's what I bring to my, my job as a city manager. It's what I bring on a mat. It's what I bring as a uh, nonprofit administrator. If you develop relationships, levels of understanding uh, with coaches and with athletes, um, you start developing a level of I want to say trust, but perhaps trust isn't the right word. But what I have found success in is that if coaches see me working hard, they, you know, Isaiah, you've seen me, well, for over 15 years now, you see me at dozens and dozens of youth tournaments. You see me on the mat at, um, you know, high level uh, varsity action. You see me at national tournaments, whether I'm good or not. Hey, that guy Dotson, he's putting in his time. You know, I see him everywhere. He's traveling everywhere. That says something to coaches. On the side, hey, coach, especially not, not at the MHSA level, but on the uh, youth level, you know, you make a stall call. I'll go up to the coach afterwards when I'm bumping out. Hey, coach, um, you know why I made that stall call? Oh, hey, I was going to talk to you about that. Hey, this is why I called this based on this. You know, here's the rule. Here's why I called it. I'm telling you this so you can coach your athlete. And he knows, like, hey, thanks, Tyler. And that's that extra effort stuff. Now, in the MHSA ranks, you know, we got to be careful with that because as officials, we're not coaches, but you develop a rapport with the coaches, right? Develop a level of trust. My right. job is to get it right. Right. And uh, to apply the rule book as dictated, dictated by the NFHS and the MHSAA. And so when we're talking to coaches, um, you know, right now we're, we're in, in, in youth sports, we're at a weird time where, you know, we see, the way that our teachers are being treated, our law enforcement officials or our, our law enforcement officers are being treated, the way sports officials are being treated. We've all seen this stuff on, on YouTube and TikTok and social media. Um, but something has changed. And I, I'm not quite sure what it is. But instead of talking to people and having conversations, um, we instantly level up. We raise our voices and we go more on the attack. But at the end of the day, I say, I think we're all on the same team. We want to put safe and fair opportunities out there for the next generation of Americans. And so if a coach wants to talk to me, I want to talk to the coach. I want him to know what's going on. Now, the rule book has protocols of how we approach that, but yelling from the corner, raising your hand in the air, wanting a stall call in the corner, that you're coaching me. And the rule book clearly defines, you know, coaches, coach, officials, officiate, spectators are spectator, um, and the athletes are the athletes. And 
you know, there's a way to go about it. But I think it's really in the approach, Isaiah, because anytime I can take the time to explain something to a coach, whether he agrees or not, I'm educating that coach, at least from my perspective. And if he believes what I say, then he tells his athletes and he tells other coaches. So now we are all getting on the same page, which makes it for a much more fun and enjoyable wrestling match all around. Right, right. No, I agree. And, and one of the things I've always said, what made me a better coach was the fact that I did officiate. So I understood the rule book to a point where there's certain things like I could argue or I could say discuss because I understood, okay, I think this rule is misapplied versus, man, that's too, like, ah, you know, wait on the hands, beyond reaction time. That's a, that's a split second call. I'm not going to fight that one. I'm just going to you know, keep coaching, so to speak. So I think coaches in general need to become need to officiate so they could see from the other side. I I couldn't agree more. You know, and and same. You know, these younger athletes officiating my way or youth level stuff, they learn to become better wrestlers on the mat because they know what the officials are looking for. They they're getting uh, a, a deep dive into the rules, and that makes them better wrestlers. Equally, I say I'll throw I'll I'll reverse that on you. I coached middle school wrestling for two years in Portage, and being a coach gave me the perspective of you know what coaches are looking at and the time that they spend with their athletes, and you know, and I applaud every coach out there: the time, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the emotion, the money. You know, I've never met a coach who. Who, uh, who coaches for the paycheck because we know it doesn't work like that. And so so when what I understood that, and, and again, as, as a middle school coach, the time that's dedicated, the passion that's in there, you know, I commend any coach that's willing to, to get out there and, and, and coach these young men and women um, to be not only good wrestlers, but to be, to be good people. And so, you know, I look at it, and, and there's people who might disagree with me, but at the end of the day, we're all on the same team that, we're, we, we're in it for the right reasons. Yeah, we all want to win. Don't get me wrong. And as officials, I don't win, lose, or tie. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> but but we, we're we out here for a reason. We're passionate. We love the sport. We, wanna, we want to, you know, put positive change out in the world. And so that's where I think relationships with the student athletes, uh, with, uh, with the coaches, with fellow officials is great. And, and I'll tell you, the, one of the reasons why I officiate as much as I do you know, it's great side cash. I love to golf. I love to put money in my, uh, my Jeep Wrangler. Um, I, the camaraderie. Some of my best friends are fellow re- uh, wrestling officials. But for me, um, on a Wednesday, Saturday, and occasional uh, Friday and Sundays uh, when I do the My Way stuff, it's a workout. I get to break a sweat, get out of the office, and apply a completely different skill set that I have. And that's why I love officiating and why as long as my body and my knees hold up, you know, I hope to do it, you know, for the long haul. Yeah, you got to make it to at least I don't know. Scott Strickler is what late late fifties, maybe sixty. You got to at least make it to Scott's level. Yeah, at least to Scott's. But Pat Conroy is seventy years old, man. That's who I'm chasing now. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you get up to there, I don't know if I'll coach till I'm seventy. We'll we'll see about that. Um, and I noticed this from um from a coaching standpoint. I took a year off after coaching at Western and then came back and coached where I teach at right now, Penn County, coached middle school wrestling. And we were at a tournament and one of the officials missed the call. And I wanted to, how should I say it? I wanted to say some things to him. But then in the back of my head, I said, I need this official to stay for another 20 years. So I went through the channels of 
I talked to him after the match, asked him what he saw, and then I talked to the head official, which that's really where your energy should be directed towards is the head official saying, this is what I saw. Could you talk to the official about this? They're doing a great job. And always with that compliment sandwich, they did this well, need to work on this, did this well. Isaiah, you nailed it. And that's how we can make the sport better. You know, the, the yelling you're going, you know, after official, no one wins in that situation. But if I mess up or I do something and you see it and we have a strong relationship, hey, Tyler, you made that call. What, what were you thinking there? Hey, Isaiah was thinking this, like, hey, you know what? No, I get where you're coming from. Have you ever thought about it like this? You know, and then I can raise my head up like, you know what? Let me look into that a little bit more. And it's, it's constantly listening, being willing to get better. But your approach there, especially with young officials, is key. You know, I had a conversation last week uh, with, uh, with a fellow of, uh, younger official friend of mine. He wrapped his first MHSA state tournament last year. And we're on the phone, and I said, hey, we got to start recruiting guys to join our crew. You know, the crew that we like to rough with because, um, you know, the John Bishops, Trent Anderson, Pat Conroy's of the world, uh, you know, Brady Driver, those guys aren't going to be around forever. He's in his late 20s. I'm in my early 30s. And, um, you know, we have a responsibility, I think, you know, at this point to bring on that next good group of young officials. But when they retire, who's left? You know, and that's one thing for the sport. And you hit the nail on the head is, you know, we're losing officials at a much larger rate than, than we're recruiting them. And even if we recruit them, are we getting them to stick around? And you've, you've seen it where varsity matches and most especially JV and middle school matches are being canceled or having to be shifted to different days because we don't have enough officials. And if we don't have that, then we don't have a sport because on a wrestling mat, I see two coaches, you know, well, I see, you know, coaches in the corner. I see two athletes out there and I see one official. If you don't have those then you really don't have a match. And so when we're going after younger officials, you know, if coaches are or if abrasive fans are, they're not seeing the big picture. And if the goal is to get better, there's a way to go about that. And I can tell you at the youth levels, you know, I've talked to a handful of college coaches. And I've never heard one of them say or refer back to a my way or a middle school match. And a lot of times they don't they don't mention high school matches. You know, they talk about, you know, the big national tournaments, um, you know, in the offseason. And so mm -hmm. one call, one match doesn't define an official it doesn't, I don't think it defines an athlete or, or, or a coach, you know, you got to take the body of work. And if you only see, if you only want to see the bad in an official, then that's all you'll see. So I think the right. way that you approach that situation with the younger official is great. And even me, you know, and, and I've been at this 15 years now, I want to get better. I love it when other officials come back to me and be like, Hey, you're out of position right there. Try this next time. Now I may not try it, but I love that they come up and <laughs> said that to me because now it gets me thinking. Right. No, I agree. And as a as a parent of two young athletes, I want to focus on my kids and them doing the right things. I really don't want to focus on the officials. And I always tell every young official that I've been around is that your job, number one, is safety. If you are keeping the athletes safe, coach, you say something, but for the most part, you see something where a kid can get hurt and you stop it. That coach is thanking you a thousand times more than whatever call you make in a match. It's all about the safety of the athletes. Keep the athletes safe. And so they can really keep is. competing. Yeah. You know, and that's one thing I tell youth officials. If something, and I just put it this bluntly, I don't dive down the rules. If it looks ugly, call it potentially dangerous. 
maybe it wasn't potentially dangerous, but in your mind it was because it is not worth a kid going out on a stretcher, going out in a knee brace or, a, or an inflatable cast on his elbow. I said, we'll work to get better from that situation, but let's protect the wrestlers, especially, you know, at the youth level, most certainly. At the high school level, we still want to protect them, but it's almost easier to officiate because there's more knowledge, the flow of the match, what moves to hit, what the responses are. But even then, you know, I don't want to see any, any teenager, uh, you know, going through knee surgeries or anything like that. And so, you know, safety is the number one priority, Isaiah. No, I, I agree. Um, this year we had kind of a first, we had girls wrestling the state tournament at Ford field, which I've talked a lot about this on the podcast, talking about the, the female wrestlers that I got to encounter and wrestle and, and seeing that um, as that grew with the, the Michigan Wrestling Association, our officials, and MSJSA in the background, building this to the point where it got to Ford Field. What was that like uh, officiating those matches and watching those young ladies uh, have an opportunity to compete for an official MHSAA state title? Um, how, how was that? Well, I, uh, I'm a big proponent of opportunity. Opportunity for everyone. I think we have a moral and ethical responsibility to provide opportunity for our youth, for our school-age kids, and for our high school kids. So I'm a big fan of it. I, I, I think that um, recognizing these uh, young female student-athletes um, allow them to uh, you know, pursue their passion and their goals on the wrestling mat is absolutely great. And you know, women's wrestling, as you know, is one of the fastest-growing sports um, in the country by participation levels right now. And so I thought it was phenomenal. There was so much passion out there. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest, I was, I was surprised in, in a good way with the caliber of talent. I was impressed. And I only think that, you know, the, the, these young girls in the stands that are, that are uh, you know, wrestling my way or you tournaments, they see that and they want to get there. And it just keeps boosting it up. So, you know, sports aside, I am a personal proponent of opportunity. And that's what the MHSA did here. And I think it was well received. I'll tell you, the, I, I, did a, uh, I did a finals match. Um, I, I, I don't recall the weight, but it went to overtime. And I'll tell you, as an official, you know, we get into it too. It was a fun match to officiate. Um, it was a close match. It was a tight match. And it was one of those matches where you really didn't want to see either athlete lose at the end but the passion is is yeah. is parallel and equal to the boys and um isaiah it, it's a great thing for the sport overall and um it'll be fun to watch patient numbers moving forward yeah yeah and then this year my way had a girls invite state tournament which i was very excited to my youngest who's five going to be six got to participate in that and it was just really it was a really cool moment to be part of quote unquote history. And in her mind, I mean, she didn't think, you know, it's just, it's like practice her just going out there and competing, but it was a really cool thing. What would you think of that aspect as it, as it grows and now we're going to have girls state tournaments at the youth level. Yeah. You know, my comment remains the same, you know, providing opportunity is good. And if you're doing that, uh, you're providing these opportunities at an earlier age, then all that does is, is really help the MHSA, you know, with their participation and their numbers and providing opportunity. You know, the one thing that I caution about youth sports is burnout. And, you know, that's a serious thing. And I believe in three sport athletes. I believe that kids should be exposed to challenging situations in, in arts, 
the sciences, sports, everything. Go out and find what makes you whole as a person. And so, again, it just goes back to providing opportunity. But My Way is a developmental league. And, um, you know, it, you know, my way has, when you're talking about a league of that size with as many moving parts, you know, we have our challenges there. And, uh, I think for, you know, I've been involved my way for, I think this will be your 16 now, maybe your 17. Uh, you know, this is the best group of leadership that I think we've had amongst the regional directors in quite some time. And, uh, we had a meeting about a month, month and a half ago. Um, it was late June and, it was great to see the ideas that are coming up and action, you know, words turning into action. And, you know, we just hope to continue to improve on that from the youth level. So even, even, you know, outside of girls, uh, which, you know, was absolutely great. You know, we have a lot of dedicated people that are working forward and, you know, I'm excited for the future of, of wrestling in the state period, you know, especially with the addition of, uh, you know, female student athletes. Yes. Yes. Well, Tyler, we got to the time. It's kind of like the last dab in the hot ones section. Uh, my question to you, if if there's a, a person that's like, you know, I am I am ready to be a uh, I'm ready to be a coach or I'm ready to be an official. What are some words of wisdom that you would give that young person? Great question. My words of wisdom are. You have to have the passion. You have to be willing to work at the craft, whether you're coaching or fishing. You've got to be willing to put time into it, just like anything. Um, but thirdly, and a really important mechanism that I think younger officials and younger coaches lack is you've got to find a mentor. You need a person. You need a mentor. I have two or three guys um, that I call routinely throughout the season. And now we've developed such a good relationship. I ask for life advice. I look for guidance on situations um, in, in my personal relationships, um, in the sport, with my career. And so most of the best and great officials and coaches I know are always willing to help out a younger coach or a younger official. So if you have the passion, you're willing to put the time into it, find a mentor. And if anyone's listening and they're thinking about officiating, I don't care where you are, give me a call. We'll become best friends. I'll loop you in with a good guy in your part of the state, but something about having that, you know, you, you, you coach or you officiate on a Wednesday night, you're driving home on a Saturday and there's that one call that sticks in your mind. You just can't get over and you need to talk about it. And the rule book may not be specific enough about it. Hey, how do you handle this situation or this freak incident? And just be able to get that off your chest and talk through it. You build upon that. And that's what mentorship does. And, uh, you know, and I encourage any, all coaches and most especially the officials out there find a young guy find a young girl take them under your wing and help develop them and let's uh let's ensure that this next wave of officials and you know and coaches is um is in that top tier and we can do it and it only takes a little bit of work if each official um who works the state finals could take one under their wing and really develop them that does a huge that'll make a huge impact in ensuring that we have quality high level officials through perpetuity Awesome. Tyler, you hit the hit the nail on the head there. I appreciate your time today and giving all your words of wisdom to those future officials out there. You're one of the best. I consider you a friend and I appreciate everything you've done for me and my coaching career and look forward to many more years of uh, talking to you politely on the mat. <laughs> hey, I, I appreciate the kind words and Isaiah and, and back at you. You know, I've seen you with the way that you coach your student athletes and 
thoroughly impressed and you know i'm happy to call you a friend my man <laughs> all right tyler take care man thank you again hey take care have a good one thank you for listening to the coach t podcast by my dad <laughs>